Yeah. Oh, already a comment. Oh, thank you, uh, Vasilios Kons. Already one comment. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Well, Hello, let's, let's play the let's play the magic intro. Calispera. Uh, we need to talk about Vasilis someday. Oh yeah. Ah, yeah, it's done. Hello, and welcome to Football Genshin Live Edition. Uh, this is the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. And as you can see us this time, uh, we are doing a live show on YouTube. So if you are listening to us on Spotify or um, on Apple Podcasts later, you missed out. But you can always go back to our YouTube channel and watch this whenever you want. Um, this episode is going to be a little different than what we usually do. We are going to be providing a lot of visuals uh, a lot of cool stuff. Um, we tried to plan this the best we could. Uh, bear with us, because this is like our first time ever doing this. Um, we have no idea what this actually looks like. So um, we're 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 obviously super excited for this. So welcome to Football Gantron's first ever live show. Uh, during the duration of this episode, you can go ahead and type comments into the comment section of YouTube. And we can see it. It's right there for me. Um, and we can pop your comments up onto the screen like this. Like, let's so, uh, Anto Gaming, here you go. Hi, we're waving hi back to you. We can see your comment on screen right now. Um, so this gives us an intera- uh, an opportunity to, opportunity to interact with you guys uh, during the episode. This is why we're doing it. Um, Chadens and I spent like an hour and a half And yesterday. a half, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like trying another to figure, half today trying to figure all this stuff out uh but yeah. we're here we're here finally uh and we have a lot of cool stuff for you if you do not already follow us on our social media subscribe to our youtube channel uh our youtube is of course where we also post our podcast but where we do stuff like this so if you're not following us on social medias uh you're never going to know that we do things like this so press subscribe yeah. do all that jazz um, and yeah, I guess, um, let's get started with the show. So gentlemen, boys, Ottoman, Chadens, how are you guys feeling? Already. Already. Awesome. 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 So the three of us are here, of course, uh, as usual, because we are going to be discussing Armenia's Euro 2024 qualifying matches. Um, let's start by maybe um, gauging how you guys are feeling about qualifiers so far. Don't have to expand or go into too much detail, but just give me a little one to two sentences about how you're feeling about the campaign. Chanins, we'll start with you. It's it's what I exactly what I said in the last episode. Uh, I'm hoping that we're going to be on something that we can build on, and we're on that track. So the next two games that are massive, which we'll get into later, uh, we're 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 gonna we're, we're doing good. We're doing Person, good. That's why I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Siranush has a question for you already, right off the bat, Chadens. She says the question is, whose name has Chadens' kit on it? So, what do you have on it? Okay, so it's not Artak Grigorian. Okay, 
It's uh, it's Henrique from uh, Armenian national futsal team. He currently does not play there. Uh, he he doesn't get called up a lot. However, he gave it to me as a gift because I'm involved in the futsal sphere, uh, and he was as well. And he came to play in Cyprus, so I he he gave me a gift. Well, that's that's pretty cool. And I, I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, you guys uh, didn't know. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Armen, how are you feeling about qualifying camping so far? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was just about to tell you though, uh, and we will expand on this and everything else. But I, I, I don't. Uh, we have to talk about yellow cars too. This yeah. is a topic we've been missing and. I discovered a few important things. Uh, uh, someone has the broadcast in the background, and they should probably mute that. Uh, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> That's how much we love ourselves. Uh, all right. Well, uh, quickly before we start, Daniel Ike says, "Hope our athletes are safe in Russia. Time to leave." Yeah. We were actually discussing this um, in like the pre-broadcast room, um, and. It, it, we think it could go one of two ways, but maybe we can expand on this at the end of the show. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll keep this. I'll keep this comment in mind, and we'll yeah. come back to it. Um, so, gentlemen, we will start off this episode like how we always do after an international window, and that is by taking a look at the current um, groups and standings. So, as of right now. We have in Group D, Armenia in second place, uh, where we've played three matches so far, and we have collected a total of six points. We have two wins and one loss. The one loss, of course, was in March, uh, where Turkey came to Yerevan and uh, defeated us 2-1. And Croatia has only played two games so far in qualifiers. They were in the Nations League. Uh, semifinals and finals. They lost in the finals, so they didn't actually play any qualifying matches during this window. Uh, and they're sitting in third place on four points. Uh, Wales is, sorry, yeah, on four points. Wales is also on four points, who we, of course, defeated. And then Latvia is still on zero. Uh, a little hard done for them, I would say. But lots to discuss. Of course, Turkey is topping the table right now with four games played. But considering uh, that we've actually only played three times. This is kind of shaping up a little nicely, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, and to be fair, let's cut ourselves some slack. The lo- the loss against Turkey was realistic, and it was the first game for Petrakov in the Petrakov era uh, as a coach for him. Um, and for many, many players that, and such short notice have already become starters and key members of the team. So I'm really optimistic. Given if it was a loss, it was a great way to lose with our hands, uh, with our heads high. And uh, the group is shaping up to be super interesting. I would say Croatia are favorites still, especially because they have two games to play. Uh, but honestly, anything can happen for us but uh, the way we're playing we can beat anyone and we can qualify first and second which is crazy Chadens, your thoughts on the table how it's shaping up yeah i think i think statistically 
And according to the procedure, I think you're allowed, the second team will be allowed to go through. I think it's not a playoff. So, which is very good news. Um, how the group is shaping up. Um, what I was telling others is that are we going to have a, a whole uh, messed up group that all the teams are going to be fighting for literally the first and the second spot? Uh, or some teams are going to start getting defeated in the crucial games mm-hmm. and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show in October it's going to show. October yeah. and like last two games, it's gonna show. It's one. It's it's one of one of the two. I think it'll be clear in September. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, weirdly enough, I think we're gonna be the deciding factor in that. I think because we play both Croatia and Turkey in September, I feel like we can be the people that if we do go to, I don't know wherever we're playing Turkey. Um, because it's not not going to be in Istanbul. I see people constantly saying Istanbul, but it's not going to be in Istanbul. Um, if we are to defeat Turkey, I think we can start that downfall. You know, there's always that anticipated downfall with Turkey that people talk about. How they're always highly regarded. They always do, are supposed to do well, but then they mess up somewhere, right? So we can be the mess up, and and I obviously I hope we are the mess up. Um, but I do agree with you. I I do, I do think September. September is going to be it. Um, But I'm going to open this up now to the people in the comments section. So if you have any questions or comments that you would like us to address uh, about this topic, the table, uh, put it in the chat and uh, let's talk about it. So I see there's already one right here from Anush uh, who says, so which game are you guys looking forward to? Not talking about important like, which ones do you think will be a real experience? Um, I could start with that one. I think I think Croatia at home is the game I'm really looking forward to. Not because I expect there to be anything from it. Um, like I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, anything we get from Croatia in this campaign is bonus points because we don't expect anything from Croatia. Um we did go away to Croatia, albeit a friendly, under Joaquin Kaparos and drew one all. So if the team can maybe get a really, really good victory on the road in, uh, in Turkey and come back home and successfully defend you know, our home turf and maybe pull out a draw, uh, I think that would be amazing. And also I think a lot of the young guys like um, like Harutunyan, uh, who are and and Stepo Makachan, I think this is going to be a very much coming of age game for them because I'm not saying that players we haven't been playing are world class. Like Wales, of course, made it to the World Cup. They're a good team. Turkey, very very good team, clearly. Uh, uh, but this this Croatia team was a World Cup finalist, a World Cup semifinalist, a Nations League finalist, Nations League semifinalist. This is a real world-class team. Uh, so I think I think that this is the one I'm looking forward to. Chaudens? I would say the same. Anything with, uh, anything with Croatia, more than happy. Uh, home games I'm expecting. Uh, any of the home games are crucial. 
One of them we played were defeated. It makes sense. It was the first game. New players, new it's, it's transitional period for us now. Uh, Croatia, Croatia and Turkey together in one window is scary. But oh. us Armenians aren't scared to take up any kind of challenge. So I'm gonna go full into that. Yeah, let's just get anything we can and. We know we can do something. We know we can try to hurt anyone we want. So. Ottoman, this one's for you. Um, if Armenia gets the double against Turkey, this is Vasilis Khan's asking, are there real chances of progressing? Uh, I was going to say, like, to respond to the previous question, sure. that actually the game I'm looking for the most, and this links up to this one, to this question from Vasili, uh, the game I'm looking most, uh, the, the game I'm looking for the most is hands down the Turkey game. Like aside from everything we know, aside from off the pitch things, it's also the a the next game, literally the one we're playing now, and b, uh, well, secondly, b as for how the the the, the group standing are are shape, uh. It is the game to win if we want to have hopes of qualifying. Like, we are uh, rivals on the group standings against Turkey for seconds because Croatia are still favorites for first. And if we want to have a shot at this, that's the game we need to win. Not the Croatia games. Uh, of course, every game matters. But uh, the Turkey games are... Or the Turkey game is the most important one. And after that, of course, Wales and Latvia, in my opinion, more so than either Croatia game. So, yeah, actually, to respond to the question is, our chances are, of progressing are mostly in a bubble based on beating Turkey, which my C point on why is Turkey the game I'm looking for, for the most, we can beat them. I mean, we still have to go through play style, which we will, possible suspensions from both sides. But for how we've been playing and for how they've been playing, it's closer than most would think. Yeah. So I think we can pull it off. I would have to agree with that. Well, this is uh, the first of many opportunities to ask questions. So don't worry, we will be coming back to you and we'll periodically be checking uh, in with the comments, but we are going to be moving on to our first topic, which is going to be Armenia's 4-2 victory over Wales in Cardiff, uh, a landmark victory of our national team, of course, uh, because we went away to a team that just got out of the World Cup not that many, you know, not many months ago. Uh, and I think this is hopefully uh, the catalyst to much bigger and better things. Uh, so what we will first do is take a look at the lineups and how uh, how we lined up for this game. So I'm going to go ahead and quickly show this. And bam. So, Chadens, uh, why don't you walk us through uh, the Armenian lineup for this game? How did Petrikov uh, play? And, and, and who did he play, more importantly? Well, for yeah, yeah. 
um, still getting the hang of this. Okay, so uh, he started in goal, Chancharovic. We we're playing three at the back. We had Charlie's here, Haruchunyan, Magurchan. Mm-hmm. Along the, the midfield, we had Artak Dashian with Iwu, Spertian, and Tiknizian. Uh, okay, Dashian and Tiknizian, you could say there are more wing backs depending on the formation, how we're looking at it. And importantly, we had Lucas, uh, Tico, and Ranos up in front. Yeah, it's a very, very strong lineup. Now, I'm going to start. We're going to dissect the lineup first a little bit. Um, I'll start with you, Anman. I know that this is something that you have been very passionate about, uh, which is our goalkeeping situation. Um, Chancherovic started both of these games. Uh, but right now, let's focus on on, on, on the Welsh performance. Um, mm-hmm. What did you make of, of his performance? Do you think it was the right choice? Do you think there was even a better option? Or were they all the same? Or what are your thoughts? You mean better options than Chancharevich? Like, for us? That we, that we had available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, based, yeah. so it's him, Bushnev, and uh, Arsene Beglarian. Yeah. No, I, I, I ain't taking Bushnev in, even into account. No. Uh, no. I would have stuck with Beglarian, honestly. Uh but I was not unimpressed by Chancharovic. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, of course, he was far from perfect, but that's the APO. Uh, and he was still ages, miles, and, like, acres, you name it, better than Butchnev. So it was a good choice, and especially the experience that he has proved essential. I mean, his skills and reflexes are... On par with Beglarian, in my opinion, and maybe even Butchnev, but Beglarian is less prone uh, than Butchnev to make mistakes. So is Chancharevich. Uh, I would say Chancharevich is a slightly below Beglarian on goalkeeping skills, but his experience was essential, especially to get Kiefer Moore sent off. That was awesome like and the calmness the calmness with which he handled the game as a whole against Latvia as well uh I'm 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 happy with the decision I'm not unhappy It'll so work out. now just I'll, I'll open that question up to the rest of the lineup how, how did you feel about the the 11 that was fielded because if I recall correctly at the time I think we both had similar first impressions yeah. where we we looked at it and we were like Oh, Marcevian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we weren't wrong about Tico, but I honestly was less happy about the, the lineup as a whole. I found it weird, to be honest. But in retrospective, like after the game, it makes sense because it was a continuation of the Turkey, the lineup we used against Turkey, uh, like uh, the way it was set up, of course. And... We played great that game, even if we didn't win it. Uh, and Wales has a kind of a similar play style, like not 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 the play style, but yeah, it kind of does. Uh, and maybe even with with the slightly worse personnel than Turkey, so it made sense, and the result made sense. Yeah, I mean, of course, Tico was a little let down that day. Uh, but the rest of the guys 
everyone, every single one of them had a stellar performance. And I honestly don't know what page it is that we're getting the sofa score. I would agree with most, but except for Dashian and Tiki and Stiopa, I mean, 6.7 for Tiknesian, 6.5 for Dashian, and 6.4 for Stiopa is way too low. Like, all three of these players and the rest of our 11, everyone was a playmaker. It was crazy. Everyone played for the team. We're going to expand on this. Yeah. But uh, beautiful. Yeah, so I would take the I would take the um, I I wouldn't ta- I would take the ratings with a grain of salt. But oh, uh, yeah, Vasilis said something very interesting here, and and I and I agree. He said when Ronos eventually becomes a world class future star, future journalists will look at this game thinking here was the official start of Grant Leon Ronos, um, and and that was definitely the case. Of course, Ronos had a fantastic double in this game along with Lucas Zellerion. They both featured heavily uh, in our attacking uh, presence. And it was safe to say a a very, very great game. And and again, I think the influence of a player like Artak Dashian gets very underplayed uh, whenever you look at things like player ratings, because I thought Dashian was very good. He was very crucial uh, to that first goal uh, that was scored in this game. So why don't we go ahead and uh, take a look at that first goal? It was, bro, it was a game for posterity. That's what it was. Definitely. Let's see. So watch this uh, Watch this with us. So you see Dashan is the one that carries the ball inwards, gives it off to Eduard Sperzian, who finds Tiknizian on the left. Acres of space, by the way, and a perfect ball into Lucas Zellerion. I mean, I think... A couple things here. I think, first of all, uh, Tiknizian. We've hardly talked about him yet. Uh, and he was, of course... Everything. Uh, he was he was everything for this game. Uh, football Focus, the answer to that question is actually no, because we're streaming a YouTube video. So, just so you know. Um, Tiknizian was as influential as we expected him to be in this game. Uh, he dominated that left side. A lot of the Welsh attack was coming from the opposite flank or centrally, as we anticipated. And Tiknizian had acres of space to work with. And I think that was a huge, um, that that was obviously a, a great example of that. He was found by Eduard Spertian. The Welsh defense was a little like confused, and and it wasn't even like a a usual quick counter attack that we do, right? It was like a it was a it was a built up play. It wasn't super fast, um, like we're used to seeing. It was methodical, and Zelrayan, of course, just waltzed into space, and because the entire back line, I think if you if I go back like a few seconds, you guys can see here. Before the uh, before the kick is taken, like right here, I'll show. So this, if you look here, you have one, two, three, four, five defenders, all just looking at Tignesian, and then you have Zellerion here on the top of the box, waiting to pounce, and bam! Yeah, breaking the legs, breaking the legs, easy goal, one nil. Um, not one nil, sorry, yeah, one nil. And 
I think it. We should a, also analyze the first the opener from Wales. Well, we are. We are gonna. We are gonna take a look at that next. But I, I think this is just a good testament to how um, how Petrikov had this team set up, which was to um, essentially stretch Wales out, get them focused on one side over the other, uh, and and changing possession from one side to the other. Because if you notice from the beginning of this play, um, Dashian was on the far right wing of the of the of the pitch and he worked his way internally to give the ball to Edo. So it, it was just a very, very well worked goal. And let's move on next to after the little bit of celebrations. Um let's let's take a look at the Welsh equalizer. Um oh wrong. No, actually, we equalized. We equalized, yeah. So the the, well, the Welsh is opening goal, the, Wales uh, is opening goal. which is was similar to our goal. Uh, it was wide play from both teams. I think, yeah, it was similar. Yeah, <laughs> the better it was, team won. <laughs> it it was similar, but I think this is something that we we hovered upon really heavily uh, after the Turkey game, which was our players switching yeah. off after a decision does not go their way. Tigran Barcegan does a dive here. At first, we were very angry. But upon second look replay that they showed a few minutes later, he dove. And then if you pause the ball right, if you pause it right here, you see... Caught off guard. Caught off guard. The entire midfield is newly running back to try to think. Tignizian is a little bit in, in, more inside than he would have wanted to be. Players are ball watching. And then you have th- a three on two over here. So you have Andre and you have Georgia Harutunian, but you have three attacking players. So we're outnumbered uh, wherever the ball is being crossed into. And that just leads to a goal. The person who ends up tapping the ball in was the person that was the farthest back. So they had no eyes on him. The midfield wasn't following. And it led to a little dangerous situation. Um, and and that's then that's how Wales went up 1-0. I think... Uh, and and obviously I want you to expand on this slightly, but like this switching off thing, it, it, it happened against Turkey and it's how we went down to one and it happened within 10 minutes here in Cardiff. And this is how we went down one nil. Yep. That's basically it. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. And, and uh, how do you get something like this out of, of the players heads? Oof, that's a great question. I don't know if challenge has a, answer for that as a coach but that would be something that a psychiatrist like a sport good sports psychiatrist would have to work on yeah well i don't know maybe maybe they'll get one or armenians just don't believe in it (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna go into that yeah we'll go into that uh chadens after this of course armenia take the next opportunity and go up 2-1 uh, via Grant Leon Ranos, I think. Um, <laughs> someone said we got copyright infringement. Oh, well, whatever. We're going to keep going. Um, first goal by Grant Leon Ranos that was competitive was scored in the 29th mm-hmm. minute. Similar situation here. Lucas gets fouled. Players stop. They put up their hands. Uiwu does a good tackle. Picked up by Spertian, who finds Barcerian. Barcelona kind of takes his time a little bit, assesses the situation, and Spetsan looks up, cross, diving header, 
2-1. Armenia are suddenly ahead of it. Um, great, great work, great build-up, great goal. Um, and I want to focus on, on Hodant for a second. We haven't had a striker that has like a real nose for goal in a long time. I would say since Yura. Um, how big of a yeah. difference do you think it's making that the, that the tip of our our attacking spear uh, is is um, is someone like Ranos who it has some like ruthless finishing ability? Along the side that he's also young, it's even more scary. And the fact that he's moved to a new club as well, he's got more ambition now. Uh, I mean, he already had that ambition at Bayern, the second team. Yeah. Uh, so it's crazy. And and if the system changes with him, like maybe have another player next to him uh, in the future, that's another striker. Better for him maybe that's... You know that's in the future, mm -hmm. but him as a player, he's he's quality. Without age, without finishing, mm -hmm. every everything about him is is, is quality. And Iwu, I just wanted to note, just like uh, GM has noted in the comments, is that Iwu was very good in both games. He was very good. He he, he was stopped the so many. Yeah, he stopped so many attacks. He uh, he started so many attacks. The part where we got fouled, and then Iwu when he got the ball back, and then he went, and then we went and scored. Iwu, just like you guys were saying, uh, after the uh, the March window, you, you guys were not expecting him to be like that. I wasn't even expecting him to be like that, but he was very very good in the yeah. these two games. Uh, so. Uh, that's why if the rumors are true, people are having an eye on him. But focusing yeah. on Ronald, uh, he's, he's quality. And you could just see the amount of space that he got just in between two central defenders. And, and number 14 here just had a perfect visual, like a front row seat to this goal. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a little crazy. But I, I mean, as to answer a, a, a previous question that, that came up a while back, from Anush, who asked, what club do you support? I support Bayern Munich, and um, I have for a very long time. And as a Bayern fan, and of course, as an Armenian who does who does this, um, I'm, I'm extremely angry that we let this guy go. Like, I'm, I am extremely angry. I watched almost every Bayern 2 game this season because I wanted to watch him play. And every single time, I remember thinking, the first team were having goal scoring problems. We have this guy here and he was just completely being ignored. Um, and now, you know, Borussia Mönchengladbach is, as we found out in a recent interview, Hudan did with build. Um, he had made his mind up to leave in, in, in the winter time in December, he already made his mind up. Uh, so even before he made his army debut and, uh, he had already been in discussions with Borussia Mönchengladbach. So I think he is going to be really well appreciated there. Uh, and I, he's definitely going to score against Byron. <laughs> um, moving on swiftly so we don't take up too much time. Um, in the second half of the game, Armenia actually took the lead um, in, or expand, expanded the lead rather, in a 
very very great fashion i think i would i would i would go on to say probably in my opinion the best worked armenian national team goal of all time that's that's my this is my opinion i think this goal that we're about to break down and take a look at is the best goal armenia has ever scored um, and i don't think it comes even close uh, to any maybe godlin mccarjan's long shot banger against uh, the Czech Republic. But that My, was more of an individual outbreak. Yeah, that was more of an individual effort. This was like just, a, this was an insane team goal. So let's take a look at it and then we'll break it down, boys. So ball starts out at the back. Haroyan picks it up, finds Georgia Harutunian, who immediately looks up and finds Ranos, but who lets it go through to Lucas and then this peach of a strike. I mean, yeah, I take I would I would have taken my shirt off too if I scored that goal. It was <laughs> an insane effort. I mean that I think that as GM says right here, and this is kind of how I said this 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 was some prime Barca shit. This was like this was what I remember Thierry Henry being like when he played for Barcelona. You know, this 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 type of like excellent build up, this one touch over the top play um and and i think i think i just this is i've watched this goal a million times since and still i still think this is an, an unreal goal but uh i'll open the floor to you guys this was this what may have been the goal of no return um in in this uh in this match i think this in my opinion wh- what do you guys think do you guys think this was kind of the moment where we the, where the team was like, yeah, we got this. This is our day. Yes. We're we're getting three points. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Expand and on that. Yeah, that's why the UFA social media account singled it out. That's right, because yeah. they loved it so much. It was it was perfect link up. Yeah, uh, Armen, break it. Break down this goal a little bit. Technically speaking, Georgi Kadutunian, who I think doesn't because of Huron's amazing finish. Harutunan doesn't get enough of a look of how yeah. good that pass was. That long-range pass. Well, uh, I'll get into your previous question as well uh, after I break it down because this team was collectively built as, if I think of it, like all of our our, our goals – Maybe the last one was a little shorter and build up. It was recovery and score. Uh, but the three first goals we scored uh, were build up, like team play, team play, teamwork, 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 uh, pass, pass, pass. I, this this goal, this one goal here, six players touched the ball. That was crazy. Four defenders, long pass, long range pass to Lucas. Uh, that diagonal cross from Huron, which was crazy as a decoy, uh, you know, uh, using the mark to go to Lucas. His mark went to Lucas to make a double mark on Lucas, and that was the perfect bait. That was just, as the Welsh commentator said, textbook striking. Like, he let the ball go to Lucas. Beautiful pass, by the way, from Lucas to, uh, with the chip assist. And Hrant with a, bo- a volley with acres of space created by himself, by the way, and the perfect finish to the perfect car- corner of the goal. It was beautiful, beautiful all around. 
But yeah, the setup was also collective team play. Six players touched the ball, bro. More than half of Armenia's team. And uh, Haran's opener and Haran's uh, 2-1 on the first half as well. Five players touched the ball. On this goal, six players touched the ball. And that's insane. That's yeah. beautiful. I, I think... Um... The the Welsh com- so there there was two different British commentary teams. There was one it was the um, the uh, the the one that was for American broadcasts, which is the one you're referring to. But then there was one for the Welsh broadcast, which was two commentary two commentators, and they were very like dismissive of our team the whole time. Of course, um, uh... one of them made a very good point when analyzing this goal. He said he said you could tell by his fa- by Ronos's facial expressions that. Before he was about to strike the ball, he changed his mind. He was going to strike it with oh, power, yeah. and then he changed it to the cross to, corner, to the position, to near post, positional uh, technique. And I think uh, it's it's I mean incredible. Um, Actually, the one you're, you know, the, the American uh, TV one uh, also said something similar, and it was visible. Yeah, it was. Uh, I noticed it as well, which is what. I would have done if I were Hrant, which speaks Hrant, like of Hrant's mind. Like he does the unexpected, he does the right thing, even if it's not what you'd expect him to do, like automatically. He is a professional all around and only at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your previous question, though, it was the goal that like m- made us know we were going to win this thing. But I was going to get into something else. That goal came, I think, 10, literally 10 minutes after a minor incident that may have been unnoticed by most. But I mentioned it to you last night as well when I was analyzing the game. Uh, 56th minute, an in-game brawl between Tignesian and uh, Chris Mepham. I think that's where, well, that's the continuation of it. Mepham complaining to the refs. But Mepham was so frustrated, and it came because of what I'm mentioning. 56th minute, there was a brawl between Tiki, Tignesian, Naya Tignesian, and him that I think that's where we won the game. Like, there was a fight for the ball between the two players. Tignesian didn't back down from that, and that only that incident only picked his game up from that point on. That's where I knew we're going to play and we're going to win this. Like, yeah. Armenia showed through Tignesian and on that spe- specific occasion that we were mentally and physically stronger and more, more focused. And after that, it was each time Tignesian would hold on to the ball and would get possession of the ball, he would humiliate Wales in any way he could. He wouldn't do, like, anything too crazy, but maybe an extra flick here and there, including... The setup for the beautiful goal we just saw. It was that's where I knew we were going to win this. S- something interesting that you brought up um, was was Tignesian. His positioning, interestingly enough, this was uh, as you guys can see on the screen right here. His positioning was actually, on average, more ahead of even Lucas and Edo. So it, it just speaks to how important he was. Uh, as a wing back in this match, um, in in moving forward for this, so it just just an interesting little note here. But we have to move on. Of course, we don't want to spend ages 
um, and acres on this. So we'll move on to the next goal that was scored by Wales. Wales, of course, pulled a goal back. And I think this next goal, we'll, we'll, we'll show it visually as well. But um, it, it was a little bit of an annoying goal because I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the players switching off. Um, and, and I think this was an individual mistake also in that part um, on, on, on Haroyan's part because I think he was playing very physically with the Welsh players as he was probably directed to do. But uh, he, he was focusing more on physicality rather than the ball. And, and I think it's very evident. So let's take a look at the goal here. So as you can see, long throw-in, which I'm so sick of watching long throw-ins after these two games. I, I don't want to look at a long throw-in ever again. I'm so sick of these things. Um, but let's watch. So the ball gets thrown in, right? Practically a corner kick. Gets headed on here, as you can see. Again, we have a 2v1 situation here. In the back post, we have another 2v1 situation. But if you see, Haroyan's body is turned away from the ball. And this... This is where my problem was with him with this goal. His body was turned away. He didn't have the, the proper time to react. Number 13 just guides the ball to the center, and it gets tapped into another defender who wasn't being marked in the box. And, and, and next thing you know, Wales... Yeah, but why, why was he not being marked? That's yeah. what I like to question. Yeah. So Tignesian, Tignesian was supposed to have that one. Mm-hmm. So, so this... two, two players uh, marking more. One of them was Bato. I don't know exactly who the other one was. Yeah, there, uh, in the center there were two players who were not who 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 didn't who didn't take notice. Uh, that was Dashian. of who was going on behind them. So D- I think it was Dashian, yeah, one of them, and the other one was Tiknizian. I think twenty-one. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so. it it was all around a bad play. It was we we had two two v one situations, and on both occasions back to back, our players were not able to get the better of their mark. And it led to a very poor, very poor goal. I mean, we, we, we should not be conceding goals like that. that was well, it's kind of a normal goal, to be honest. That's what I think. I mean, it's, uh, it's an occasional goal. Like, these things happen. And it, it worked because it was their idea. Their idea was, we're physical. We're taller than them. We can get the ball in, just head it, and at some point, just get the goal. And at mm-hmm. that point, I think Moore was also playing number 13. Yeah, Moore, They're number 13 Moore. So he was crucial. He was crucial. The, from the first moment, you could tell what they were trying to do. And the good thing is, I understand we're hyping up our players because they're Armenian. They can play League One, this and that. But this detail here shows that it, these players can play there. Why? Because... This game was very uh, Premier League centric. Mm-hmm. The other the other teams they had Premier League level players. They had Championship level players. Championship is also tough as Premier League. It's it's tough. It's a tough league to play in. These players are players played at, with their level and we won. Yeah. So th- it means that we can try to compete and we can do more because these are these players of ours they're young they they understand they they're learning things yeah it's just small details that make a difference that's where, that's where geopolitics come into play bro i mean we know yeah we've been long know that our players can't do it 
that there are players that are more than good enough for top five leagues. But for some reasons, which we won't expand on right now, they don't. But we have what it takes, and we just show the word. Yeah. Well, um, as as Jay says, glad you guys are being critical. I think the euphoria from the victory made a lot of us brush aside any flaws. I think if there's one thing you can count on, Jay, it is us being critical. We're pretty good. Uh, and being realistic, understanding the game. We got to understand the game. It's uh, you know, it's it's what we do. Yeah, and and I think um, I think we'll um, after that goal. I think immediately from kickoff. Uh, Hudant had an opportunity to put us four two up, and he hit the post. The post, right? Oh, yes, the post. Right? The, it was a beautiful curling effort, and it just didn't work. And and he was, of course, substituted off after that um, for a double substitution that I saw many people criticize. Um, or rather, sorry, I'm thinking of the Latvia game. Take that point back. Um, so then there was one final goal after that was all said and done. After Ronos had had struck the post, and I think the goal came only a couple minutes after yep. that even Quick happened recovery. or it was like a minute after. So we'll take a look here. Uh, Wales are playing with fire here. We have a pretty high press four players against four players. And as you see immediately, one, two, three players around the player with the ball, Ewell gets in the good tackle as he see? tries to spin away from pressure. And suddenly we're on a situation where we've, won the ball in the final third. Iwu has space to work with so he can dribble in, draw in players, and create space for someone else, which happened to be Lucas on the left over here. And excellent choice because Lucas is a master at finishing. Um, if you guys haven't figured this out already, this guy is insane. Um, we talked about it. From him. Yeah. We, people seem to have this notion of Lucas that like, he hasn't performed for the national team and this and that. And that's because we expect so much out of him, right? He does yeah. this week in, week out for Columbus crew. He like, he murders it. He kills it. And he finally came into this team and he came into a system and, and Petrikov really had a conversation with him and told him, Hey, like, this is not the MLS. Not, he's not putting the MLS down, but he's saying, you're going to be playing European football. And in European football, you have to play a certain way. And that certain way, he went. You have to come back and help your teammates. You have to, you have to like be. You have to always be running. You cannot be walking. And and I think this is a game that I think it finally clicked for Lucas um, because he had a really good game against Latvia too. I mean, he didn't he didn't score, but like he he was still very much in the conversation very regularly. Um, but in this game, I mean, we finally saw that quality we've been waiting to see from Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a matter of adjusting a, a few adjustments. Like it was a standout game from him, and from everyone really. Like we see how playing together makes a team, and we're finally seeing this. Like th three or four games into the, the Petrakovera, we are seeing results. Like we saw it on the pitch previous window, and now we're seeing it on the way we play, but getting the results as well. Balance. Lucas, uh, this game was phenomenal. The Latvia game, he was again very good. We'll we'll get into that in a bit. But th this game, it was he was very good. And I remember, I went nuts that he didn't shoot. There was at some point in the beginning of the game, 
where he got the ball on top of the on top of the box. He had that open shot, but he just he he kind of he kind of just stood for a second and he, he didn't know what to do and he yeah. passed it. I was expecting him totally like to just shoot. And then he went and he scored the other two difficult goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he scored the more he scored definitely the more difficult efforts, that's for sure. But I think um I'm I'm really glad he he's finally feeling comfortable around the team. And even though, you know, um Ahmed, this is something that he kind of um um that that you kind of talk about, which was having that 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 South American connection or the German connection between Ranos and Adamian, and you talk about that importance. But I think this was a good testament to how you can still integrate a player despite having those, you know, without necessarily needing those things. Because uh, Balakian yeah. and Zelarion started together versus Lafia, but Balakian was looking very out of his depth. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that if that was it. Balikin was uh, coming off an injury, and he reignited that injury on that game, three thirty minutes in, I think. Uh, but the I think the main focus here should be that sometimes even like it can help, as it has helped Turan, for instance, on his debut against Cyprus, uh, having Sakwa Damian alongside him. Uh, but it's not necessarily. Uh, the only thing that matters, definitely, uh, both for Hrant being the lone German speaker on the team against Wales and Lucas being the lone Spanish speaker on the team against Wales, they spoke the language of football and they spent a long national team camp, especially Hrant, that flew early uh, with Petrakov and the coaching staff Understanding the uh, understanding the team, understanding the system, uh, they did say they spoke. They uh, taught uh, most players that didn't speak Armenian a few key words. Uh, so it was a lot of work being put for this to work out. So yeah, yeah, I, I see it. Nice. So we're gonna move on to some questions from you guys, from you listeners that are here on the YouTubes. Um, and we will start with this one from Jay Cal, who says, "Yeah, I, uh, Vasilis Chadets and I are not related. Uh, nowhere near, nowhere near close to answer that question." <laughs> but Aram, Aram spoke to Lucas to score a goal because yeah. he's in the U.S. And then Armen texted Lucas to score a goal because they can speak Spanish. <laughs> FK insights. Um, so Jay says, "Oh, hi, Shant." Um, Jay says, how do you guys foresee Wales playing against us in our future match? Very interesting question. Um, mm. I, I, <laughs> I think Ottoman and I kind of touched on this in a conversation we were having yesterday, which is I, we, we both agree um, that the coaching staff is not going to underestimate us. Um, I don't think they're <laughs> going to necessarily change their style of play. I think they're going to get even more annoying with long throw-ins. I think they're going to be overly physical. Um, so yeah. I, I think they're going to try to get under our skin. Um, and I think, but ultimately, and Armin, this is where Armin and I both definitely agree, we think the players that are on the pitch are still going to have a superiority complex, and that's going to lead to their downfall. Um, yeah, it was especially weird to see Ethan Ampadu, their key defensive player, like the engine of their defense, their Iwu, uh, talk down on us even after the game. Honestly, 
beautiful. Keep it that way, bro. I mean, keep underestimating us. You know how it worked out. <laughs> All the better. But the thing is, well, obviously, when's there, when is the game? Is it the last one? I think, no. Our game against Wales? No, it's the second last, I believe. I think, it's second I last, think our yeah, last, it's last second is a way to Because it's, yeah. it's like this. Yeah. It goes like that. Okay. That's the game so, to win on the last window. Yeah. So, uh, until then, there's a couple of games. However, they're definitely going to look at the game with Latvia that we played. Because that game against Latvia, Latvia did things that we yeah. did expect, but they, they did it well. Yeah, and things that they did against Turkey that was working. Unfortunately, they did not get the win or the draw because the draw also helps us. Um, they, they will definitely look at that game. That person, that's what I think. And obviously, there's going to be matches after, and depends how we perform in that one, and if we have new players coming in. Yeah, there's there's a lot, but in at this moment. They're going to look at the Latvia game. Well, speaking of Latvia, probably a good time to move on. If you have any questions that are not match-related, uh, we can answer them at the end of the episode. Anto, I see your question. I'm not ignoring you. I see it. We'll, we'll answer that. Yeah, one I see end. them. Um, yeah, there are good questions, on. by the way. Mo- Thanks, guys. Moving on, Armenia, a few days later, um, had hosted Latvia at home in the Hanrabetagan Stadium, Vazgen Sarkisyan, whatever. It's named a million different things. Um, so a, a game that we all anticipated to be tough, um, but one that we knew three points was a must. Um, this Latvia team is definitely not a pushover. I think but the day we played Wales, it took Turkey a 97th minute winner to beat them. Um, they, I, I think something that is not really talked about much is how, when they played the Turks, they had about 15 shots in that game, eight of which were on target versus us one. That's a huge, huge difference. I I think that's a testament to how well we are playing and how well we are controlling the ball. I think in general, we're all very, um, we're all definitely upset that we conceded a goal, right? And we're upset that it took us a, a 90th minute penalty to win this game. Uh, but if you look at the, the game holistically from, from bottom up, you realize that we dominated this game. Uh, so let's start by looking at how Armenia lined up against Latvia. Uh, Amen, similar looking side, kind of. Um, walk us through our lineup versus Latvia. Yeah, I mean, there was basically no rotation. Chancharevich on goal, Captain Vato Aroyan in for injured Dante Chalashir as he was subbed in uh, halfway through the game uh, versus Wales. Same defense other than that. Uh, Same midfield double pivot with Iwu and Spertian. Lucas Zelarayan kept his spot. And so did Herant Leon Ranos. The one change in attack was Norberto Briasco Balekian coming off injury, recovering from an injury to start uh, on top of uh, uh, Tikran Balekian that 
has been a little underperforming uh, and underwhelming, but Tiklan Parsegian, that would be one of the game changers on this game against Latvia. Two, two changes from the starting 11 against Wales. And if you ask me, that lack of rotation, that could have been slightly more, of course, not too much because you would lose team chemistry. But it showed. The team was fatigued all around. The creative players were, well, not creative. And that's why Latvia dominated the, the, the beginning or the halfway through the second half and and equalized after a while. Yeah, it was a um, it was an interesting one. I think you, you talked about lack of rotation. I think this is somewhere where this is something that you and I discussed off off episode off pod where I I I told you that I don't I don't expect there to be heavy rotation. Um, and that's because, you know, we're playing for three points every single time, right? And this is a national team, and we we don't play together for months. So, despite it, you know, it was the end of a very long season for a lot of our players. Uh, we know Spertian and Harutunian played a Russian Cup final that went to penalties a week before. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the manager has the expectation that if you're coming to national team camp you're you want to play 180 if you're available if you're if you're if you are fit enough to start you should be fit enough to play 180 and i think that's how the management team looks at it um and i think hybrid uh, brings up a really good point here um in so far as us having a difficulty playing up against teams that have low blocks uh, which we do. We, we do definitely have a difficulty playing against teams with low blocks like Latvia, like Liechtenstein, like Gibraltar. Um, and we don't really score much against these teams. But um, and I think that comes down to a couple things. Um, and Ottoman and I are going to disagree here. And this is why people listen to our show. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're good in possession. I actually think we suck in possession. Um, I think we create chances we create shots but we don't create what would be considered clear-cut opportunities in this game we had a ton of shots ton of efforts a lot of them got blocked off target shots from Spertian, off target shots from lucas um ranos was having a very difficult time finding any sort of space um and and i think that's because whenever we are maintaining possession of the ball and we're playing up against these teams that play 10 bodies behind in their own half, um, the amount of space in between players decreases. And this is, there's also another point that I wanted to make, which, uh, which I had, That's I, what I, agree on. I had talked about, which is our pitch size at home. Um, if you looked at the Wales game, the size of the field in Cardiff is bigger than the size of our home stadium. The amount of space in between players is a lot larger. And that's something that our style benefits from but our own home turf is a pretty small field and, and not all pitch dimensions are the same. And I think that also hinders our ability to be creative. And that's why Hudant can't find space as easily, or that's why Lucas had a little bit more of a difficult time. Um, and so I think, I think those are some of the factors that contribute to us being really shitty against low block teams, but let's start off with the goals Nair Tiknizian opened the goal scoring in this game uh, was a 
a very a very nice team play. I think uh, Spercian had put a through ball into Grant Leon Ranos. Uh, Ranos took a slightly heavy touch, so he couldn't get off a clean shot. Uh, the ball bounced off the goalkeeper and kind of made its way to Dasha on the right wing, who just blast the ball in uh, into the box. And Tignizian had a nice, lovely body turn left-footed, and he just guided the ball into the near post. Um, this was Nair Tignizian's first goal for the Armenian national team. This was his fourth appearance, his fourth cap. Um, and again, I think, and Chanins, I'll let you dis- uh, speak on this in a second, Tignizian scored a goal. Uh, not something that's necessarily expected of a left wing back, but he has been doing that for Lokomotiv Moscow at the end of the season, right? He scored four goals uh, in the last couple months of the season. Now he scored for us. He assisted for us. What do you think? Um, and we obviously highlighted him dramatically in the last episode. We said he was going to be so important. Why did everything work? Like, what did he do right? He did what he does best. Yeah. Which is, uh, okay, I'm stuck. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's one of his, uh, one of his biggest assets. Uh, well, it was also a team thing. So, how I saw it is that the whole team attacking so much meant that having a lot of players in front, it were not playing counter attackers or anything like that. We were just all of us were going forward uh, in possession, going forward as well, passing, 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 getting everyone. And it was kind of like a good, it was a good attempt. It was a good ball to Ranos, I believe. And then he tried to get it over the goalkeeper, maybe something like that. He tried something uh, and we still got the ball. So, um, That that's what made it work, I guess. Personally, that's what I think. Uh, Ottoman, interested to hear your thoughts. He scored a goal very similar, uh, in very similar fashion as he does uh, in Russia these this last semester. You mentioned the four goals for Lokomotiv Moscow on the by the last run of the season. Most were literally like this, uh, coming off the wide area from the white side, uh, gradually into the box, uh, almost unnoticeably, and a single touch into the goal. But what I was going to mention is we were much more active in possession on the first half against Latvia. We were the only team on the pitch. They were sitting back, Catenacho, um not doing anything but marking and letting us get tired. Um, and eventually that's what happened. They didn't run that much. They were just focused. Uh, so the their level of fatigue was not as high as ours. We um, moved the ball around a lot. Our players getting used to this system of passing the ball and running for the opening to receive, to present themselves or introduce themselves as another or a new uh, passing alternative or passing target uh, that creates fatigue for your legs and that's where rotation comes in uh, you could see that our creative players um, on the first half were all there it was nice it was more of what we were seeing but at the beginning of the second half it was already noticeable uh, it was noticeable to see Lucas Elayan super tired it was who is by the way 30 years old and by 
the way he plays, he's not the most physical kind of player. So it was there to see. We saw Herant Leon Ranos, uh, a creative uh, supporting role, tired as well because he's not used to playing this much this often. Uh, of course, he continued to give his all, but not with the same mental, you know, um, sharpness, so to speak. We noticed a super worn out, especially in creativity, Edward Spertian. He, everyone would give him the ball, as they should. Of course, I don't blame them, the team. Uh, and he would just stand there, not knowing what to do. And you got to feel for the poor guy. He went through so much and couldn't do much on that day because of how tired he was. That's when uh, rotation came in super handy by the second half. Latvia started to dominate, and I'm starting to gradually focus on the game itself now. Second half in, Latvia started to actually dominate and be more and more dangerous. Uh, of course, no clear chances created, but they were dangerous. And that's how the, their goal came in. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it was 65th minute, 55th minute. And it was coming. For the way things were going down on the second half, it was coming. And we tweeted that Alexander Petrako, please sub Shaoyan and Barsekian, especially Tiko Barsekian in. He has been awful lately for the national team, not getting many minutes at Slovan Bratislava either, coming out of bench and whatnot. But these are the kind of situations he thrives in. He, like, when there is a tough opponent, he gets tougher. And that's the personality thing coming into play and, of course, the, the fresh legs. But instead, also on the terms of play style, instead of bringing in Shaoyan, he brought a pretty similar, less flashy, but more work rate kind of player in young 19-year-old Artur Seropian that was the key for this Pandora's box that ended up being Latvia. Uh, Artur Seropian had his standout game, in my opinion, for Armenia here because he took the game upon himself when the rest of the team were, as I mentioned, tired and fatigued and were not. And Arthur would go, mark, recover, tackle, do everything himself, start the game with build-up, and after he passes the ball, he opens up, as I mentioned, for the alternative, usually in great positions, which opened Latvia so much that we got the 91-minute penalty kick after that. Yeah, as you could see, the possession stats here that, that we're sharing on screen um, Hayastan was dominant in this game. 60%, 7% of the ball, 21 shots versus Latvia's one shot, six shots on target, eight block shots goes, goes to what chat was saying earlier on, on how we play low block. Um, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I think, um, we dominated in every aspect. And I think it, the equalizer, which we should probably begin discussing right now was a little bit, um, uh, how, how can I say this? The equalizer was very unfortunate. Like psychology? Yeah, I, I think especially, like that. especially for um, for Stiopan Mukherjee, who it, it deflected off of him. And, and not saying that he shouldn't have done that because you're a defender. You don't know where the ball's going. You know, you, you see the angle that the shot's coming in from. It can go anywhere. And I think it was unfortunate. It literally bounced off his, like, 
inside of his right thigh and deflected and and Kent Chancherovich couldn't do anything about that of course you know he's not he was not going to be able to change, move his body and react in time and it, it was a very unfortunate effort and that was literally their first shot um and and I think you could you as 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 Chonis was saying you could clearly see um you could clearly see that the players were their confidence got shot uh, because I think they were all thinking the same thing and they were probably all thinking what we were thinking, which was, oh no, not this again. <laughs> Please, not this again. No, um, I don't think so, bro. I mean, I, I disagree. This I think I'm seeing when we concede, the team bounces back this time. I think that would happen here and I'm uh, want to digress here, disagree, that the problem was we were worn out. Like that was the from the fifth uh, kick of the, the second half, forty five minutes until seventy minutes. It was uh, what's that? Twenty five minutes of the one twenty five minutes that Latvia dominated the game, and they hurt us, and they hurt us good uh, because we were worn out. Well, we were worn out, but then so the the, the subs that were brought in um, as SGM asks a question here and saying. Petrikov waited too long to make the subs fall in the equalizer. No, yeah, I, I don't. He he probably did, and I think yeah. I think the final straw was um, Spetsian's like kind of lashing out type shots where I think he had two long range efforts yeah. and they were just yeah. wildly off target. But but I think as as Anman mentioned, the, the players that came in were were acting as catalysts. And uh, Vasilis, mm-hmm. here you go. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play this for you. Um, and I think it's it's little things like this that that really spark something in these players so we're going to take a look at Seto Bian's, uh i'm telling you standout game from him little panenka that I, I would say he's the reason we won Oof. beautiful and he had techniques he had he had three guys at the top of the box there which i think that's something that'll probably come from um or someone should run to the second post i mean i understand they're tired which if they're tired which means petrokov should have he could. Yeah, he he could have. It was. It was late. It was late. Personally, it was late. Like you have players who, who are. You know when you play fantasy, like fantasy Premier League. Let's say when you play and you can select a player, it, it gives you an index of threat. So mm-hmm. like the, how threatening the player is. He might not get a lot of assists or goals, but he's a threat. Vahan, Tico, Seropian. Shagoyan, this is what these players are. They're threats. Mm-hmm. Balekian against Turkey as well, he was a threat. Uh, these type of players, you need them. Maybe it was a bit too late for them to make an impact. Maybe they could have made an impact if they, if they had more time, or maybe they just got unlucky at that point. But the, 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 the players were tired. Zelarayan, he had a good game in this one, but he, he was tired and he was showing. Yeah. However, he was tracking back. There was one point he, he went he went really he went on until our goal, I think. I, I remember he went back and he cleared it. Uh, yeah, he put these the shift. things these things yeah. can happen faster. You know, these uh, subs can happen faster. We gotta have faith. I mean I understand all the players play well against Wales. Uh, but the subs, I mean if you're not gonna if you're gonna start the same players understandable but subbing them up a bit late is a bit worrying yeah. in terms of game time but he's a he's a manager he knows he knows well 
Which well, actually speaks even better of the subs, like especially Serobian and Vahan. Like in so little time, they were able to do something that I was worried they might have not been make an impact. Is that that what <laughs> that's what? Um, yeah. And I think another Super player sorry. that we haven't really talked about in this Latvia game, but was also very crucial, was Iwu. He of course won the penalty uh, from a shot from the top of the box that that hit the Latvian captain's arm, um, but. Iwu was massive here. He was massive in retaining yeah. possession, stopping counterattacks, um, ensuring that our midfield was stable. Uh, and, and Lucy says, stadium perspective, Serovian caused havoc for Latvia's defense. Well, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of stadium perspective, let's look at a stadium's perspective of the winning goal from Tigan Barcerian that was won by Iwu. If someone has uh, some comments or went to the game and has some stuff to say, Please share them. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, as you can see, Tigran Barcerian, his typical short run-up, calm, and just slots it into the left corner. I think that's what he was subbed in for. Hits into the security guard. Tico <laughs> moment. Tico moment. You see, Ranos comes in and celebrates with the team too. But I think, like, this is this is this is what he lives for, and I think this should be his role moving forward. An experienced player coming off the bench that can change, make changes and make an impact wherever needed. Um, I think it's great. I think he's very frustrating for us when he starts. Um, but I, I, I do. It's like that that succession meme that someone posted on the subreddit, which was like it, it perfectly like captured the feeling that we all have for Tigan Barcelona, which is we're also like. What's the word? Like, he pisses us off so much, but he somehow he somehow always comes out on top. You know, just somehow, somehow he comes out on top. It's about um, knowing what he is, bro. Yeah, it, it's experience. It, it is experience, and and I think and I think this is um, GM saying that he's an icy cold penalty kick taker, and and it comes with his experience. I think um, this his is personality. He's yeah. a big woman guy. This is something that I was telling. I don't remember who I was telling this to, um, but but um, Edward Spertzian takes all the penalty kicks for Krasnodar, right? And you would anticipate, and with Lucas off, Lucas also takes all the penalties and all the set pieces for Columbus Crew. And with Lucas being off the pitch and Edo being on the pitch, you would think, okay, he's likely the person that t- will take the penalty, right? But of course, Tigran Barcelona, a more senior player in the squad, stepped up and took the penalty. But and I'm glad he did because, based on how Edo was looking, he was a nervous wreck. I think he really he let the tired. he was tired, but he was also very nervy. And I'm glad he did not take it because I think if he took it, he would have missed. Um, it could have. Yeah, it was for Tico all along. Yeah, it was definitely for Tico all along, and so I think. Um, we did it. We won two one. Uh, it was not easy. Uh, it was actually really hard, uh, <laughs> and um, I think uh, it was well deserved. We ultimately got six points from six from this window, which was a massive, massive result, and it was exactly what we needed to do if we want to qualify for the Euros. We need to be getting six out of six against Wales, six out of six against Croatia. I mean, not Croatia. Sorry, Latvia. Three out of six against Turkey, and then anything from Croatia is a bonus. Um, right now, I think um, 
I think it's really crucial that the players take this period and rest. Come September, they'll be fit and ready. Um, despite a number of yellow cards, we did not get a single suspension, which was fucking a miracle. Wait, on. <laughs> how does that work? Let's get into that. Uh, so it works as if you get consecutive yellow cards in consecutive matches, you are suspended for the following match. So we had like five players on the pitch get or six players get yellow carded um, against Wales, but only one player got yellow carded against Latvia, which if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, uh, I think it was Haroyan and Haroyan, yeah. had, Haroyan hadn't gotten a yellow card in the previous game. So no one is suspended for Turkey. We have our availability of our full squad. Um, oh yeah. He had the yellow from uh, uh, Turkey, I think as well. Oh, great question. Does does this, I, I believe it's consecutive yellows, so I actually don't think he's suspended. Um, but we, we would have to double check that. I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. If he's suspended, who's getting called up next? If well, on it's going to be Andre's going to pick it up. Uh, he he's going to have oh, to take the reins. Well, um, until September, you yeah, you never know, honestly. And he's not he's not a fit he's not a fit yeah. player. But um, overall, I think this camp was insane. Right? We I think it was. It was exactly oh what we needed. Um, Bro, so. I I do have some intel. Sure. Uh, if it is the case and only consecutive games matter for suspension, not only would we not have any suspended players, but Turkey would have a key starter uh, suspended, who is Zeki Çelik, there the Roma right back. And the thing for Turkey is. Their defense, their center-back depth is crazy. Their left-back depth is definitely almost crazy, like great. They have three awesome left-backs, but they have only one right-back at that same level that is going to be suspended. The sub is uh, Onur Bulut that plays for Besiktas only one season there, and he hasn't really been much. So Technician will have another huge opening on a one-on-one to beat that mark. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to open up the floor. Questions uh, from the listeners. So we'll. Um, this could be anything Armenian national team related. I think we just want to stay on that topic. Um, and I'll pull up your question and we'll, we'll have a discussion. So Great. Let's start with uh, this one right here, which says, what are the possibilities for Spartan to continue his career in Europe? Um, questionable. Um, we don't know. Current political situations ruin things, but again, he is Armenian. A player, a, a player from, uh, what was it, Armen? Was it from Zenit St. Petersburg, or was it CSK in Moscow? I think right. it was a I think it was an Icelandic player from CSK Moscow just got CSK to Blackburn. Apparently, yeah. he uh, broke his contract, so which is not something Spetsyan would do. The thing now that we are recording today, things ha- are changing as we record with this whole political scenario in Russia with the possible civil war and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how things would change now because until now, Edward Spetsyan would not, definitely not uh, rescind and break his contract with Krasnodar. 
because of how much he loves the club and the club owner, one of the two private-owned clubs in the the Russian Premier League, by the way, but still Russian Premier League. So that would have hindered a possible transfer. But now that th how things are looking, maybe Krasnodar will find a weird alternative feature Kvaratskhelia kind of route, uh, transfer him to the APL because he, he like he won't stop playing. Like the Russian Premier League might stop with all that's been happening. We don't know; it's too early to tell. But he will not stop playing. I don't know. Uh, I think if anything, this whole issue will expedite his move to Europe. Yeah. Um, Abraham de Guzman says. Uh, how does Alexander Petrikov communicate to Armenian players? Is he fluent in English for both coaches and players? So, um, Russian. Abram, uh, we, I don't know how he communicates with them. Well, However, we, we there are several know. players. Oh, you yeah. guys know. I don't we know. know. Yeah, I'll just there, we one. Um, most of our players speak Russian, and Petrikov speaks Russian. Second, we have translators um, for the South American Armenians, uh, like Zalarayan and Balakian. Uh, we have translators that translate from. Russian to Spanish, Ukrainian to Spanish, Armenian to Spanish. Um, for our German-speaking players, um, we have, again, translations. We have a couple German-speaking uh, players that are also fluent in Armenian. So there's a lot of language um, that, that happens. But I think every player and coach has kind of said it's never really been a barrier for them. You know, they and, and I think Ranos put it best when he said, um, we all speak football. And and that's that's what yeah. I, I mentioned it earlier when you asked about uh, Lucas and Norby not starting at the same time and Sako not being in camp and the other German speakers. Uh, they speak the language of football. Of course, Russian is a big help for Petrakov, our Ukrainian coach, uh, with most of the team and the the interpreters, uh, the keywords that are being taught. But we are seeing a huge team spirit here, uh, which hasn't been seen for the last year and a half. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Anto Gaming asks, any new Armenian players you guys expect to be called up in September? Um, I have one already in mind, and I know Ottoman's going to say mm -hmm. the same player. Um, so I'll, I'll just let you say it, Ottoman. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, football game on future star, Mark Gilorkan. Bring him in. I mean, Dashan is great. But I want to see what I want to see this kid. <laughs> like he is all that, and we. I want to see him. Like I don't say I. I wouldn't say we need him. Honestly, crazy, right? But because of how Dashian covered, it was awesome. Like props to the the Benjamin Bottom of the Armenian national team. Uh, but bring in Mark Gevorkian from RB Salzburg, please, Petrakov. If you hear this somehow. Bring him in. Uh, I think, I, and this plays into GM's question perfectly. And GM asks, how much are you messing with the lineup with Turkey? Specifically, does Dashian continue at right back? Who starts at right wing? Now, if we bring in Mark Gevorgian, I think the Federation was shy in, insofar as they didn't, they didn't, you know, Ronalds could have played against Turkey. I'm, I'm convinced he could have played against Turkey. Because he he played three days later, you know, in in the friendly. But I think, do you play Mark Gavorgian in arguably what's going to be the most hostile environment in our that we'll ever play in uh, against a team that's world class, 
uh, are you playing this kid who plays in the second division of Austria? I don't know. Um, I don't think that would be the right call personally, as you much as I, as much as I, I agree, but not everyone is him. And I think he's, not realistic. Such, he's an That's... exception. Not, we're talking about an away game. We're talking about an away game That's also in true. Turkey for Armenia. First, first national team game as well. That's, There's that's, no friendly before that. It's too tough. He hasn't. He's not in. He's not playing first team football. Yeah, tough. It's, tough. Um, it's it's. Tough I, I, I don't know. And and the right wing is still up for debate. Um, I brought up in our group chat. I think this morning, um, I was saying, you know, I, I Sargis Adamyan at right wing is probably going to be what needs to happen away to Turkey. I hope he's fit. Because a front line with Zelrayan, Ranos, Adamian, and Spertian, I think will, I think will, I think will definitely do it. Um, and I think we'll is be... Adamian gonna start? Is he gonna play football in July, August, September? He, that's it's a big question. He broke his toe, so <laughs> who knows? But there are many questions. There are with many. this this thing, there's many questions. But Dashian, Dashian, I'll say this: Dashian played well. He's He's yeah. a he's a versatile player. He played well. He showed he, he that he did things that let's are keep as far as we can. Yeah, I mean, the Berian, I... like we have options, bro. We have options, but what I'm saying is, at that point, if you're gonna play him, you're gonna play him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I I would say Tashan is the option for now, especially since it's the yeah. first game window. Um... So. What I was saying before is that I was questioning this position actually before the match. If you watch our uh, preview, I was questioning this position a lot. Uh, is Girard Margayan going to play with Tignesian, like left back, right back? Because Girard Margayan is having yeah. a was having a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. He didn't Leader. touch the pitch. He didn't touch the pitch. That's yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you cannot take off Tignesian. That's why I was suggesting. What if he plays right back? Maybe, maybe in two weeks, two and a half weeks, we see Girard Magarian playing right back for Urardu because they've spoken with them. Mm. We don't know. We don't know, but I'm I'm gonna suggest that. I'm gonna suggest that. Maybe if they... someone listens to it, maybe they no, might do it. Urardu has Khaliton uh, Ivazian as right back, and uh, that is Armenia U21. Uh, so I don't reckon Shido will change his spot at Urato lineup, uh, especially for how important he is for the team. Uh, and we're yeah. going to get into up uh, competitions yeah. next uh, uh, soon. Uh, away fans is certain, by the way. It, yeah, it's it, certain there's no away fans. We'll, there will be clash and stuff. Yeah, it's for both both Armenia and Turkey, no away fans. So. There's no, yeah, so there are no away fans in Yerevan and there will be no Armenians traveling to Turkey for this game. Their, their away section will be empty. Um, Here's a question from Vasily. He said, who will keep Arda Guler quiet? This kid is dangerous. Rumored to Real Madrid and standing out in that Fenerbahce side. Um, he is good. He's very good. Um, is Ispertian good? I don't think so. Um, who can keep Never him quiet? Iwu. Iwu, ha- Iwu has to be the one to do it. Um, and, and the whole team. PR. I mean, Spertian is supposed to be worth, uh, technically, market value is around 15 million euros, but that's because he's Armenian. Yeah, I think... Um, I think But they've he... seen him something, I don't know. Super League, Turkish Super League is a is a good... It's, it's is a, a standard. It is. It, 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 but there's it, it, a lot of uh, hype. They, I would, like, 
nothing against the guy, right? But if he follows the same path as Super Wonder Kid Emre Moore, no one remembers anymore. I remember Emre Moore. Moore. <laughs> Emre remember. Moore. Then by all means, hype him up. He's the best player ever. Next Messi, all that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and I think, um, funnily enough, someone on the on the subreddit during the the Champions League final um, mentioned something funny. They were saying how uh, it was played in Istanbul, and and of course, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Chahanoglu plays for Inter Milan, and how he was playing horrible at home in that game. And someone was saying like, "You're freaking playing a Champions League <laughs> final in your hometown, in your home country. How are you not performing?" And I think. Um, and I, and I think, I think that's going to happen. I think the Turks are going to, I don't think they're going to overestimate us. Um, I think the game is going to be very physical and I think whoever wins the mental battle is going to win this game. And, and historically, I, I was historically we're not good. Historically, we're not the best at that. We're actually awful at that. Um, but, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, an Armenian national team that's mentally Honestly, the best I've ever seen. Uh, I was getting into that before, into this before, time and again. We are uh, jumping back from conceding ASAP. Like, I have never seen something like this for an Armenian national team. And actually delivering, because what what we used to see was uh, the national team, when we conceded, get desperate. You know, Not the, try to be, like, reckless as if we wanted it, but we didn't have the mental capacity to get it done and equalize or turn around or or score again. Now we are seeing a team that has that same spirit, but the mental sharpness to get results uh, and actually bouncing back on the score sheet too. I, I wouldn't count on us to lose the mental battle just yet. Um, Jay Cal was pointing out how on uh, Turks on Twitter were really frustrated that we were able to put four past the whales and they weren't um, saying that the, the, the red card uh, really helped them. I'm not sure what that means. I think our, the, the red card uh, that Wales got. La- Latvia. Oh, Latvia, Latvia got a red card. The one that the, 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 their number oh. eight, I think, Kung Fu. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He was suspended for our game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what I noticed after this international window? Uh, I've noticed a lot of Turks talking very positively about our team, saying our team is actually really good, saying that our team, that Ronos and Spertian are extremely dangerous, saying yeah. that they're not sure if our if their defense can handle this, saying that, you know what, maybe that win in Yerevan was 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 luck. Um, and and I think no. they're all they're all correct. Um, I, don't, I like yeah, they, I agree with most of it. I don't think it was luck. I'm, I think they were the fair winners, and it was the reasonable result. But the way we lost, uh, like they come off a high, and we come off a low. Now we are on the high. After like it's gonna be a very different Armenian national team from that game. Uh, I don't think they got lucky. They got the deserved win back in Yerevan. But again, it was a first team for Petrakov at the helm. It was the first game for a lot of players. Uh, young Georgi Arutunian with his first pro game, actually, in his own career. Uh, 
a lot of inexperienced guys that had to step in and did it wonderfully. And we saw what that game prepped them up for on this last window. And this last window we just saw last week is going to pay off in Turkey. I think we can cause an upset and make history. Yeah. Yeah. It's football. Anything can happen. Uh, now, I think Aram is going to move to that question there. And I was expecting this question. Yeah. Um, I was expecting do we Jose Mourinho it and not say anything until No, no. I think we need to I think we need to make this as clear as possible to people. Uh Arsene Zaharyan has played over seven competitive games for the Russian national team. He is no longer eligible to make the one time switch to Armenia. It's not happening. The reason why he was in Armenia is because he's exploring the option of taking the uh Kavara route of uh, coming to an Armenian Premier League team so then he can join a Western European side. Um, he will not play for Armenia. I think there's, I think people need to just stop asking, uh, not, not, to, not to say we don't stop asking questions, but like I see this on the subreddit all the time. I see this on Twitter all the time. People going, oh, when Arsen joins us, we're going to be so killed. Like he's not, he's not coming. Get, get over it. It's not. And you know what? Honestly, sure, it would have been nice to have him um, I think he would have probably been playing right wing and we would have looked a lot better. But the reality of this is the reality of the situation and you just have to deal with it. He's not coming. And and that's that's very much going to be final. Alexander Kovalenko, on the other hand, different story. Um, but I don't know. But it's still beneficial to Armenian football, just so you know. Even if he doesn't go to... Uh, even if he doesn't play for our national team, it's still beneficial to Armenian football because imagine playing for one of the sides that is competing in Europe and he's got some experience. We know his quality and he helps them go through. So that option, if if it's open, it's possible. So Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm of the opinion, and I've always been of this opinion, and I'll reiterate it. I only want people playing for Armenia that want to play for Armenia. If you do not want to play for Armenia, don't do not play. I don't want you anywhere near this team. And this is a saga that's dragged on like long enough, you know. And and I think uh, just this is not the type of energy that you want around the team. We're trying to build a cohesive unit, and I think he would be a major disruption of that. And I would I I don't think there. that would be good. The team is there. I, I I think Petrakov agrees with that. So I, I uh, I'm positive about this team. Yeah. That there's a team spirit that I haven't seen in a long, long time. The mentality, bro, physicality. We're I mentioned this on the last episode. We're finally seeing a team that is physically up to the task. Like uh, they we physically bullied Wales each one on one. We won. Tiknesian eat like always dragging the play one mile, going the extra mile, and Wales couldn't keep up. The rest of the team did the same. Uh, we are seeing a mentally and physically strong team. Of course, they're not going to be do, doing wonders, which is when rotation comes in. But the core of the team is there. Uh, Mushi Mushi says, what do you guys think about so many Turks on Twitter and Instagram talking about Edo in a very serious manner, like they're convinced that he'll play in the Turkish league. I've, nope. I've, I've, I've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot. It's hilarious. Um, no, he'll never go to Turkey. There's no chance. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, 
Vasilis has a question about club football, which we'll answer because you 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 took the time to ask the question. But we're trying to stick to national team. Um, Adis is going to be playing against Adada Armenia, provided they beat Ignatia from Albania. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think Adada Let's Armenia. See. I think Adada Armenia will go through. Um, but then again, they do choke. Um, yeah. <laughs> so but then they, again, they have uh, Seropian and a new, like. There's a new mentality in Armenian football, and I think Seropian will bring that from the national team to club football and yeah. be scouted, hopefully, in Greece, in, Thess- in Thessaloniki. Well, your question is basically, can can Adada Armenia beat Adis if it gets there? Probably not. It's uh, my my opinion. Um, any, we'll see in the summer. Yeah, so we'll, keep up to date with that. Any final questions? Any final questions before we wrap up the show? No, no. I'll give you guys a. If I'll no, thanks a for joining. By the way, thanks. Yeah. Make sure to subscribe to share. Uh, thanks for everything. Yes, so the first you. live I had to say that. Yeah, I mean, at peak we had like twenty something people in here, which was crazy to me. Um, oh my god, that, that many people actually came and listened. No, to the, uh, the the comment. That's why I said, "Oh my god." Oh what? Let's see. Eleven combos versus eleven dotons. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow, how you, I would pay big money for that. That's that's how you create that's <laughs> how you create that. a that's how you create a black hole <laughs> in the and and swallows the universe. <laughs> Too much talent for physics to witness to withstand. Yeah, the, the world would explode. Uh congratulations are in order for Spercian. Yeah, he got married yesterday. Um good luck. Uh, man. Yeah. Married, married life is great. Um uh Antol, yeah. We'll we'll take that feedback. Thank you. Would like we'll, to see we'll more. try to do more of this. Uh, yeah. Um, if you guys have more feedbacks, please send us a message. We're we're always open to reading and trying to trying to figure out new things. Try anything that can help you guys, help uh, our audience, help Armenian football, of course. Tala says, "Good job, guys. This was great. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any explications about Ronos's second surname, Mamadova? It's it's um, it, people just need to drop this. This isn't relevant, honestly. Um, he, no, but he, the, the second question—that's where it's at. Like his family relocated from Azerbaijan. I don't know exactly where. A uh, current Azerbaijan, of course. Uh, maybe it was Baku. Maybe it was some guy. Thing is, his family wasn't per- uh, being persecuted, so they needed to change names. That's what they also changed from Iranosian to Ranos, etc., etc., etc. Armenian history in a nutshell. Yeah, Ranos is very brand friendly. thank you lucy for joining thank you lucy thank you for joining um i think this is probably where we are going to be wrapping up the show uh we're gonna play the outro and um that's it this is thank you for listening we really appreciate it we'll we'll consider doing this again it's all the time a lot of work. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for listening. Bye.